She's not here to judge. She's here to report the honest news on healthy living. She's Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. It's time for Naturally Savvy. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. Andrea is off today. We've all heard of the seven-year itch and the honeymoon is over as soon as reality sets in. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. But, you know, there is hope. And here to talk about this wonderful hope is Linda Carroll. I'm such a fan. She's the author of Love Cycles and other books as well. And Love Cycles, The Five Essential Stages of Lasting Love. I've spoken to Linda before and she's delightful. Hello, Linda. Lisa, I'm so excited to be back on your show. Oh, I'm so happy to have you back. (laughs) We always have a great time. All right, so let's talk about this seven-year itch and how do we accept that we can still have wonderful love and, and, you know, just feel good in our relationships? Well, that's a big question, you know, and it involves, first of all, we've (laughs) got to choose the right person. And I, and I, you know, it, it, and depending on what your history is and depending on how strong the sexual attraction was at the beginning, those things all get, it can interfere with choosing somebody who fits. And I think that that is, so that's number one, um, which, which some people do when they're older. Some people have luck right out of, right off the bat. Then, we have to in, in the we have to understand what the cycles are in a relationship because there are normal cycles that happen. You know, some of the some of the things that we don't learn in our culture about love, and this isn't going to be very very romantic what I'm going to say, but it's true is that after that initial merge is over, which takes about three years with people, we fall into the same kinds of times in a relationship that we do with ourselves. Sometimes we feel irritated, even bored. Sometimes we wonder if there's someone else or whatever happened to, you know, Mike in the third grade. Um, yeah. And and we wonder why other people don't that. say how hard it is. We we hurt each other. We see each other at our worst in the long term relationship. And I think that we also find ways that we are disconnected. That in the first part, everything is about all the ways that we fit. But in, when we move into the harder places where we become disenchanted, and I've talked before about the five stages, but we go from enchantment to disenchantment, and we see all the ways we don't fit. So first, it's all the ways we're alike, this is meant to be, and then it's what do we share in common. And those things are normal. So understanding what some of those normal truths about relationship are that are not found in either country songs where everything is often bad or perfect or the regular kinds of, of songs we listen to where it's all about I found you at last, you're the one, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> if we can get out of the cultural hypes about relationships and understand that it's two humans that have both their difficult moments and their gifts and that the relationship will reflect all of that. And then the third thing is really getting that we can't change anybody else and that we really, the only thing we can do is work on our own self, our own part of it. You know, I spent a lot of years being so critical of my husband and really wondering why he did things wrong. And so he would call me, he'd been working eight hours in the yard and say, look at this, isn't it beautiful? And I would look at this beautiful, beautiful work he'd done. And you know what I'd see? The hose that wasn't put away. That's all I'd see. Oh, no. And I, I, I started to get it. You know, this is not about him. This is about me and my criticism. And realized I had learned that from my mother. 
So I started to change that in myself, and that changed all kinds of things with us. But that was really about working on the part of me that was making the trouble. And I think that when we when we do that, when we get this long enough, this is really a spiritual. Um, I think it's a, a spiritual path to be in relationship, and like all spiritual paths, and whatever that means to you in your own languages, like all spiritual paths, it has peaks and valleys, and some of our best work can happen in the valleys. And I go into the stages much more in the Love Cycles book, um, and I talk now, about. Well, I'd that love more. to name them. Just okay. for people, you've got the merge, yeah. down we've denial, merge, disillusionment, chemical, yes. chemically induced, and we've got the power struggle that comes next, and then we've got disillusionment, which is the opposite of the merge. Everything's perfect, everything's wrong. And then we make a decision, yeah. I don't want to stay in this, I don't want to live like this, it's too painful. And if we do the work, which is a lot of self-work, and of course it's learning the skills, communication skills, and how to say what you feel without destroying love, you know, when you're angry, how to be angry without really devastating or hurting the other person. All of those are part of the skills. And and working on our own you know, generosity, you know, the, the one study shows that the most important quality of all in a marriage or a relationship is generosity. So working on those things in ourselves and remembering to have time to not work too hard there's an expression from the pairs work that I trained in, which is if you spend all your time cleaning the barn and not riding the pony, why have it? So we've got to have, it's important we do the work, but we've got to play. And, you know, we have a sexual cycle. I can talk about that another time. We don't have time. But our, our sexuality in a relationship also goes through its own stages, sexual cycles. And there's also a chapter in the book about it. But there's, there's predictable things that happen long term, and we've got to know it's not that something's wrong. That it's really, it's like with everything else we're in relationship to in our life. There's there's patterns in it, and we have to work at it, and sometimes we can sit back and enjoy it. But other times, just because we struggle getting to the gym doesn't mean we shouldn't go. So, oh, there, I like that, that example. Yes. Which one? About you the know, gym? Lydia, you said something earlier about, yeah, I like that. You said something earlier about, you know, when you're angry with your partner and the communication, just give us a tip on that because, you know, I was raised that you're supposed to use I messages. Like I feel this and I feel that and active listen. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Well, yes. But you know what is more important than that is your intention because you can use active oh. listening or say, I hear what you're saying. And you can do that with a hospital heart. You can do that in a sarcastic voice. Oh, and yes. you, it, so that even a more important than the words is underneath the words, I have to be have an intention to not really be punishing you. I have an intention in me that I really want to hear your point of view. And if I say I hear what you say, I have to mean it. Because, you know, we have, and this is also true, the research shows this, that we are able, that we react more strongly in our body to our partner's nonverbals than our verbals. For instance, there's this tiny muscle in the cheek that twitches when we feel, um, contempt and this is John this is what John Gottman's work showed us is that we can't see it with the bare eye they have to use very slow motion enlarged videos to see the muscle twitch but if i'm feeling contempt with my partner i can be saying all the right things in the world communication wise but if that little muscle is twitching you know what happens lisa his heartbeat goes up 10 beats per minute 
his body starts to contract. Even though if you said to him, is she hostile, he'd say no. But he would feel that in his body. So we've got to be really clear in our intention that what we're delivering is coming from the best part of us, that we're not just using words. So those things are really important, but not as important as clearing out what's really going on underneath and and being able to work at keeping our heart open even when we're upset and that it's going to come out differently than if we're oh, just that doing is interesting. what we're supposed to. Well, one of the things that I have that I struggle with too, is tone. My dad always had this tone of voice that I, oh, ah, shoot, we have to end. You got to come back, Linda, because I definitely want to ask you about the tone because <laughs> when someone says, I'm not upset, you're like, right. yes, you I'm are. Listening. I hear you. Well, I'd love to come back, Lisa. Just let me know. And anytime, it's just so much fun to talk to you. I know there's still so much more to talk about. Tell us your website so we can Linda uh, keep up a, with you. LindaACarol.com or lovecycles.org. Love Cycles, how, just how it sounds, .org. And my book is available everywhere. You can order it on anywhere. Terrific. So, and you can also follow Linda on Twitter, at Love Cycles. Linda, yeah. can't wait to have Linda back. Yes, that's I right. want to thank all of you for listening. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Radio MD and at Naturally Savvy. Be sure to go and look at our audio archives all right there on the site of all the great shows. And I'm so glad you listened. So stay well and have a great day.